Wow, just wow. Dunwoody is a community that takes Christmas decorating seriously. Dunwoody literally takes decorations to new heights. Over in the Redfield neighborhood, you'll find snowflakes suspended high up in the trees. Keep the faith written in lights across the front yard, a tree lot made of wooden pallets and houses totally outlined in lights, not to mention a long parade of inflatables lining one street. Just on my street, we have a Santa night fever inflatable that would make John Travolta proud and a Star Wars battle between darkness and light where something new seems to be added every day. There's a Death Star and Imperial Walkers on one side of the street and a Chewbacca with a gymnastic Yoda on the other side. And let's not forget the latest addition to the side of the force, a baby Yoda. Our dog walks by all these decorations on a daily basis. She has taken no notice of any of them, any of them except one. The only one that makes her react <clears throat> is the most famous reindeer of all. Something about that red nose gets her attention and sets her to barking. You wonder what the sheepdogs must have thought that first Christmas night as the angels appeared to the shepherds there in the darkness on the edge of town. This Christmas is the strangest Christmas ever except for the first one. There are some similarities. On that first Christmas Eve, Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem to register. And this year, people were asked to register for our outdoor services. And just like the shepherds on that first Christmas Eve, people get to worship outside under the stars. How blessed and lucky can we be? How often have you gotten to worship outside on Christmas Eve? This is the first time in my ministry that I've ever had to worry about whether we could even get to have Christmas Eve worship. But worship will still happen in homes and hearts all across this community as we gather to hear the story once again from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, verses 1 to 7. In those days, <clears throat> a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered this was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea in the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. Joseph went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This is our first piece of good news from the Gospel of Luke tonight. I always love a good Christmas pageant, don't you? Shepherds and wise men, angels and sheep, one little boy playing the innkeeper had practiced and practiced for his big moment, the chance to turn Mary and Joseph away by saying, no room, no room. That's all he had to say, no room. But when Mary and Joseph knocked, he just couldn't do it. He said what his dad always said when someone came to the door. Y'all come in and have a beer. Out of the mouths of babes comes hospitality and welcome. Conrad Hilton, the famous innkeeper, once said, in the circle of successful living, prayer is the hub that holds the wheel together. Without contact with God, we are nothing, but with it, we are a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor. So I ask you, 
What do Conrad Hilton, Jimmy Buffett, Anwar Sadat, Rod Serling, and Ricky Henderson all have in common? They share a birthday with Jesus. Jimmy Buffett, besides reminding us of something somewhere about the five o'clock service, once said, wrinkles will go where the smiles have been. Anwar Sadat, of all people, explained, you're not a realist unless you believe in miracles. And Rod Serling famously said, you are now entering the twilight zone. Yet Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. And finally, baseball player Ricky Henderson said, if my uniform doesn't get dirty, I haven't done anything in a baseball game. So you have to smile, even if it brings you wrinkles, when you imagine the miraculous appearance of the angels who sing to the salt of the earth shepherds out in the field in their dirty uniforms. And now for the second piece of good news from the second chapter of Luke, verses 8 to 20. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the good news according to the Gospel of Luke. Thanks be to God. You know, few people aspire to be shepherds in the Christmas pageant, but just after Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds. Why the shepherds of all people? Shepherds were looked down upon in their society. They were way lower than the angels. It was dirty, smelly, difficult work trying to wrangle sheep. The shepherds were lying there on their backs, looking up at the stars with their eyes lifted toward the, hev the heavens, like some of you who've been watching the planets this week. An angel of the Lord stood before them, proclaiming, Do not be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, David the shepherd and king. For unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The shepherds would have heard that and perhaps realized what was missing. A competent shepherd would have possessed just what was missing from that scene. According to Ezekiel 16.4, babies in that time had something done to them before they were swaddled. 
Ezekiel tells us the babies were washed with water, then salted and swaddled. The angels tell the shepherd about the swaddling, but nothing about the salting. And a competent shepherd would have had some salt handy. For you see, shepherding is a tough job because sheep are not great followers. Shepherds don't really lead sheep. In fact, shepherds walk behind their flock most of the time and not in front. Because from the back, you can see the whole flock. You can see if you've got stragglers or one has wandered off or hurting. Sheep will listen to you and can, you can use your voice to guide them or you can use your staff to prod them in the right direction. But if you want a sheep to go the way you want them to go, the best thing to use is salt. That's right, sheep love salt. They'll knock each other down trying to get to it. In fact, there are places out west that have to be careful when they salt the roads before a storm because bighorn sheep will come down and block the roads just to lick the salt off the road. So the most precious gift the shepherds could bring the baby was their gift of salt. For thought was, salt was thought to cleanse and protect the child. So the shepherds head into Bethlehem, which means house of bread, bringing their gift of salt. I imagine they show up at the manger and humbly hand Mary their precious gift of salt, a gift for the baby's protection. So I invite you tonight to add a pinch of salt to your preparations. In addition to some juice and bread, a candle and a source of fire, add a pinch of salt. Pause this now and prepare your hearts and those elements. In the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the shepherds in the town of Bedford Falls are named George and Mary Bailey. They guide the other sheep like Uncle Billy from going astray. And in a wonderful scene, everyone gathers to celebrate a milestone for Giuseppe and Maria Martini. They're moving into a new house. George Bailey's savings and loan created a housing development, Bailey Park, where people could break the cycle of renting from the evil Mr. Potter and buy their own home. So these Italian immigrants are living the American dream, Giuseppe and Maria, in English, Joseph and Mary. They finally have a place in the inn. George and Bailey, the shepherds of this, George and Mary Bailey, the shepherds of this community, join them for a housewarming. They gather there on the porch on the threshold of a new day and Mary lifts a loaf of bread in blessing and proclaims, bread that this house may never know hunger, salt that life may always have flavor. And then George chimes in and wine that joy and prosperity may reign forever. Or here in the United Methodist Church, grape juice is lifted. Wonderful house warming gifts, but not all houses are warm this night. It was a chilly winter night in December. A family was out to see the local Christmas light show. Their first child was just old enough to begin to appreciate it. So even though mom and dad were tired from working retail during that busy holiday season, they bundled everyone up, packed the diaper bag and stroller in the car, and made sure their phones were well charged to capture pictures of their daughter's first Christmas tour of lights. It was a wonderful night with their daughter getting her picture taken on Santa's lap and strolling through the walkways filled with animated scenes. On that night, they had slowed down. They listened to the music, they heard children laughing and watched their daughter's eyes light up every time she saw lights on a tree or any display. And finally, they came to the nativity scene. They stopped there for an extra few minutes to enjoy its beauty shepherds and wise men, angels and sheep. 
It was that mother's yearly ritual to say a prayer there in front of the nativity, giving thanks for the miracle of the season. And after finishing that prayer, they just stood there for a while, remembering the child born in a manger. As they got to their car and opened the trunk that evening, just in time to pack everything away for their trip home, the mother saw a man who appeared to be homeless, pushing a cart down the sidewalk. She remembered they had a new blanket in the trunk, so she pulled out the blanket and left her husband and little one there by the car and slowly walked toward the homeless man. As she cautiously approached him, he just kept pushing his shopping cart filled with what few belongings he had. Excuse me, she called out, but he kept walking and she followed him and tried to call out again. Excuse me, sir, excuse me, mister. And she called out and then he finally turned around Incredulous, he said, are you talking to me? He was unkempt and his skin looked leathered as if he'd been in the sun all of his life. She took a few steps closer and saw that his basket was filled with a piece of cardboard, some clothes with holes in them and a few dirty blankets. She put the blanket across both her arms and reached out toward the man and said, here, this is for you. He said, but I already have some blankets pointing to the cart. She said, this is a clean blanket for you for Christmas. I want you to have this. You're giving this to me for Christmas, he asked. Yes, this is for you. He took the blanket from her and he looked up and said kindly, thank you. And she looked back at him with a smile and said, Merry Christmas. And he replied with these words, Merry Christmas and God bless you, ma'am. As she got ready to turn away, she answered back, God bless you too. God bless you too. She began walking back to their car and just before she got in the car, she looked back at the man and saw the homeless man standing there alone in the cold on the street and he was holding the blanket up to the sky and she could hear him praying. As she looked back at him, she saw a sky filled with stars and watched him give thanks to the Lord for that new blanket giving thanks that someone had remembered him at Christmas, lifting that blanket to God and giving thanks on that cold, cold night. The homeless man seemed to have nothing but what he carried in his cart, but he lifted what he had to God and gave thanks. On this Christmas Eve, may we take whatever we have and lift it up to God in thanksgiving. It was at that moment as she saw the blanket lifted up that she realized one blanket was just a start. And suddenly there was with the multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward all. I'm thankful to serve a church that takes Christmas so seriously, that realizes that one blanket is just a start, that one blanket isn't enough because there are angels among us who've taken angels from the angel tree. There's a knitting circle that knits hats and blankets to keep people warm and surrounded by prayers. We have a prayer ministry that takes blankets to those who are sick and hurting and people who, like you who give time to fight homelessness and hunger, not just once, but over and over again. So we gather around the table this evening and we prepare the elements. We lift each one up giving thanks to God First, we lift up the salt, reminding us of tears cried in confession 
for the things that we have done and the things left undone this year. And with tears of salt, we ask for forgiveness this night. Will you now taste the salt and remember, confess? Now we lift up the bread, the body of Christ, remembering how Jesus did the same on the night that he gave himself up for us. He took bread and gave thanks to you. We lift up the juice, the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. And together we pray that the Holy Spirit might come and bless these gifts of bread and vine, salt and light, transforming them into that which nourishes us and transforming us to nurture a hungry world. Salt is lifted to remind us of the tears cried this year and to bring out the flavor in both the bitter and the sweet. Bread so that we can work together to eliminate hunger. Take and eat this bread, the fruit of the vine, the cup of the new covenant, a cup of kindness yet. Drink from this, all of you. This Christmas Eve, wherever we might be, we give thanks for this meal of forgiveness that allows us to work through our salty tears and share the light of Christ and a clean blanket or two with the world. So now as we sing Silent Night, light your candle to receive the light of Christ in order to share the light of Christ with the world. 